I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a commercial designer sharing her thoughts on how interiors can make or break your culinary experience. She's an interior architect, designer, host, and Robert Irvine's right hand on Restaurant Impossible. It's Tanya Nayak. Tanya, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to get your perspective on the restaurant industry as a designer who is really part of shaping that culinary experience. Where did you get your interest for commercial design? Well, Jamie, first, thank you for having me because to be able to give my creative spin in this Food Network world is awesome. So I'm excited to share all of my kind of design secrets and tips and things like that. But it's it's kind of a, a path that took place. You know, I started out in marketing, went back to school for interior architecture. And my first job out of college was on television. So I actually got, I got a design show on ABC Family and I was designing kids' bedrooms. And then that parlayed into kind of doing little side projects, houses. But my husband is a restaurateur. So he had reached out and he was like, hey, listen, do you want to try designing this restaurant? I was like, sure. Yeah. How hard can it be? I mean, it is a different animal. It's a whole <laughs> completely other story. So I trial by error. We made it through. Our marriage survived that. But I'm like, we're good. But how did you guys meet? I was a, a bartender. He was my manager. <laughs> I wanted Classic a good shift. Love story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just wanted a good shift on a good night, so I flirted. <laughs> and then I don't know. We've been together twenty-one years now. Can you believe oh, wow. that? Yeah, that's great. Well, congratulations because that is a, a feat in and of itself. But you, you glossed over it a little bit. But you actually went to undergrad for a marketing degree. But you kind of had this love of design. So at what point did you kind of decide, all right, this is not for me? Like, what was that spark? 
Oh, at, at what point? I'll tell yeah. you exactly. <laughs> you know, you know. The oh, moment. yeah. I was looking for jobs in marketing. I thought I was going to be some big ad executive or, you know, some big firm. I was selling hearing aids at Miracle Ear. <laughs> like this is that the day I had to pull a pen cap out of some old man's ear filled oh. with wax. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I, I need a new path. <laughs> so I, what was the next step after that, that moment? <laughs> <laughs> the next step was I ended up walking into Boston Architectural College. That day. I, it was like pretty shortly thereafter. Okay. <laughs> and then I just applied to do my master's in interior architecture. And I never looked back. It was the best decision of my life. And I know your father is an architect as well. I mean, how much did that, I guess, inspire your love for this line of work or this decision to kind of make this change in your life? Well, I loved it. I loved going to job sites with him when I was little, seeing that world of construction and looking at his drawings and seeing everything that he was able to create from paper to, to real life. But he talked me out of it. He 100% was like, don't do it. This is a big mistake. You're going to go to school for as long as you go to school to be a doctor and you're not going to make any money. And I was like, okay, <laughs> which is why I went into marketing. Yeah. So what was his reaction when you told him that you were like, you know, I am doing this? <laughs> it's funny. You know how some kids may not tell their parents that they're getting a tattoo or they're mm-hmm. getting a body piercing. Like I didn't tell my parents I was going back to school for a master's degree because I didn't want them to talk me out of it, you know? (laughs) So he is so proud today, but it it took a little while. Like the whole TV thing, it didn't register in their brains. Like when they watch it on TV, they're like, oh, that's my kid. As if I'm sitting in the living room, like Mm -hmm. they don't realize it's on a lot of different people's (laughs) televisions, you know, everywhere. And so it took him a minute for that to click. How long did it take you after you had enrolled to actually tell them? Oh, I... I basically went in, I think I put my deposit down and then I was like, I'm locked in. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way he can talk you out of that. No turning back. (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, your husband is a successful restaurateur. So I'm curious, what strengths do each of you bring to your projects? Jamie, it is like the best setup for me, first of all. Well, let's let's start with this. The fact that I get to design his restaurants. (laughs) For free. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. that's great for him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's so good for him. And I always joke around because we've done probably 25 different concepts at this point. So we've had places that have turned over, you know, numerous different restaurants. So we've done a lot. We've we've got it in sync now. But I always tell him he only married me for free design (laughs) services. But I do get free cocktails and food in exchange at all times. So so it's good. Not a bad trade off. No, it's definitely not. But our our pillow talk is great, you know, because (laughs) we're, we're in two different worlds, but they collide in a really nice way, you know. So he I can go to him and say, listen, here's the floor plan layout. Where do I need an additional server station? Or is this flow, is this making sense to you for your servers to get in and out of the kitchen? So we can like bounce off of each other. But if you can imagine the two of us sitting down to eat, at any restaurant, the first 15 minutes, it's him. I always say to him, what would you do differently from an operations perspective? (laughs) So he'll list everything out. And then he's like, what would you do differently as a designer? And I'll list everything out. And then we can like finally sit down. Like every, every time you go to a a restaurant, every time, (laughs) every time, like we can't even focus on anything else until we both have like laid out everything that we would do differently. But when we find one that we're like, nothing, I like love this place. Then those are those are gems. <laughs> and then do you try to take any like elements from those types of places and, and incorporate them into your next 
project or design? Yes, absolutely. Do you, guys mean, have, do you guys ever clash on, on your opinions of like how things should be? Oh my God, we're married. Of course <laughs> we do. It's, it's crazy. The things that, you know, because I'm a designer, I'm a creative type, mm-hmm. but I, I do respect budgets, but he is an operations guy. So for him, it's all about the budget. So we go back and forth a lot where I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is super important. Like, you have to have this in here. And so now now we get each other a little better. <laughs> well, it seems like a, a, <laughs> a pretty good a working relationship in your marriage and also business wise. But as we know, you were a bartender when you guys met. In fact, you were I think you you know, you were a mixologist for like 13 years while you were oh, going yeah. to school and starting your business. A lot of Boston's trendiest restaurants. So how much does that experience help you out when you are working on restaurant projects? I think that anybody designing a restaurant should have worked in one mm-hmm. at some point in their life. And in fact, because my design firm, we focus so heavily on restaurant design. One of my big questions I asked them in the interview is, have you ever worked in a restaurant? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and a lot of them were a little surprised by that. And I'll tell you, the ones that haven't, They don't get it quite as well as like, I know if I'm standing behind a bar, I need to reach back here to get this. The register needs to be there. You know, everything for efficiency and function have to be in a certain spot. I know how deep the bar has to be, how high the bar has to be, like the bar stools, how much space people need in between each of them to be comfortable. So there's just a lot of things that if you haven't actually worked in one, you might not know. Mm -hmm. Well, you are a staple on Restaurant Impossible with Chef Robert Irvine. How do you approach projects on that show and that program specifically? It's it's a little by a little. I mean, a real lot different than (laughs) in real life. You know, we kind of go in there blindly. We get a heads up from the producers where they'll say, listen, you need to source. You're going to need to source some chairs. You're going to need to source flooring. So I can kind of get it preemptively set up in my head, but the curveballs come when I walk in the space. I don't really know what I'm walking into. And Robert, he's the other biggest curveball. Like <laughs> I may have the perfect design plan, but he might have something totally different. And technically, he is my client because I'm not dealing with the restaurant owners. Everything's going through him. So mm. I got to make him happy. What is he like to work with? We had him on the show, an early episode of Food Network Obsessed. And I'm just so curious, like what he is like in person and also to work with as a designer. Oh, I just love that man. I do. <laughs> I, lo- I love him so much. I- We've been working together for 13 years. Can wow. you believe that? No. So, I mean, hundreds of episodes that we've done together, which means hundreds of restaurants. He's just a wonderful guy. Like he's my brother. He'll always make time for everybody, anybody that needs something, he'll stop. If somebody from the military comes by or a, a kid, he'll he'll stop everything and say, come here, you have to take a picture with this person, you need to meet so-and-so. His heart's always in the right place. He comes off tough and people will say like, is he really that mean in person? And it's, I don't think it's mean. I think he's just... Um, he holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, he's strict. He's tough. If you're not going to put in the effort, then why should he? Yeah. I mean, it's love. Like It's tough love. Right? Tough love. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. That's exactly what it is. Is it true that he works out every single day? Yes, that is <laughs> a fact. He gets up at four or five o'clock in the morning, but he's not only done this for himself. He's gotten the whole crew in shape. (laughs) So (laughs) people end up getting up and they go and they work out with him. And I've seen body transformation 
behind the scenes on wow. the show. Like you wouldn't even believe. And it's so great for the crew, the team, everybody bonds over mm-hmm. it. So it's really nice. <laughs> that, that could be its own show on itself, right? Totally, like, just right. like body transformations from the restaurant <laughs> impossible team. How important is that chemistry and that, you know, sense of family on a crew like that when you guys are working like these crazy hours and these very, you know, sometimes emotional projects? We are, I always joke around and say we are just one giant dysfunctional, <laughs> but very functional family. You know, Tom Burry, our our builder on the show, who's been on it since day one, just like myself, we're brother and sister. We fight like brother and sister. We have screamed at each other. I've walked off crying. You know, I think I've probably made him cry for a time or two, but I couldn't love someone more. You know, like I would do anything for him. And in fact, he just just a couple days ago, came out of open heart surgery. Oh my goodness. We were all so worried about him, but he came through like a champ. And, you know, it's just, they are our family and the camaraderie comes across on camera. Mm-hmm. No, it truly does. And how do you and Robert and actually like the whole crew kind of collaborate to bring forward affordable solutions to help mm-hmm. these restaurants succeed? Because I know that can obviously, you know, be a big factor as well as that budget. I think we have all like we pride ourselves on the fact that we figured out where to get the most bang for your buck. Basically, you know, it's like, can we refinish these floors? Let's refinish the floors. Can we reupholster the booths? We'll do that. You know, what can we do to make the bar look refreshed without having to buy all brand new countertops? So we have come up with every imaginable solution under the sun. And I think myself, Tom, Robert, we all stand there in amazement sometimes when we're done because we start on day one and we finish on day two. An entire restaurant. It is. It's it's insanity. So we'll stand there and it'll be 5 p.m. And we're looking around and we're like, there is no way in this green earth that (laughs) there's a chance we're going to finish this restaurant today. But it always gets done. Everybody's hands on deck, including Robert. He gets on his hands and knees. He'll be scrubbing the floors. It's a mission. Like everyone's just there to get it done. How? I mean, how do you get it done? Because I mean, that is just like that doesn't happen, obviously, in real life, right? Mm-hmm. Like that quick of a turnaround. Like how do you guys make that magic appear in just, you know, a day's time, basically? Yeah. Well, so I will see some photos before I get there so I can start to formulate some ideas. I'll talk to Tom and I'll say, hey, T, these are the ideas I have. Are, are these feasible in this time frame? And he usually crosses everything off my list. It's like I have two husbands. I have Tom and I have my husband Brian. Like they both and they they adore each other, like because they can commiserate on being married to me, basically. So he'll ch- he'll cross everything off my list, and then we'll argue about it, and then I'll I'll end up getting what I want anyways. In the end. It always works out. But so we do kind of have a game plan going mm-hmm. in. But then there's always curveballs where like. The floor is rotted below. We would never know that. Or there's mm-hmm. cockroaches and we have to stop Ooh. down for to fumigate the place. So how it gets done is just everybody is all hands on deck. And I literally mean everyone, our director, our executive producer, everybody jumps in. We have some volunteers that come in and they're just working their butts off. <laughs> it, ha- it happens. It's wild. No, it's so incredible to watch. I mean, as you have done this for so many years and talked to so many restaurant owners, do you think that restaurants do underestimate the power of how their interior design really influences a guest Mm -hmm. experience. I do. I think these days more than ever, I'm seeing people step up their game a little. Like I just went into a takeout place, like a Thai food takeout place that's been around the corner from my house forever since I've lived here. 
15 years and it's changed hands a few times. It's always been kind of dumpy. Food's great. (laughs) The place (laughs) didn't look so great. And I just went in the other day and they just did a few simple changes. And it was so refreshing to walk in. Really light, real simple things, nothing expensive. But what it tells your guests is that you care. If you, It's just like how a person dresses. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. if somebody puts themselves together, they take care of themselves. And if your restaurant looks good, it looks at least clean, at least clean. You mm-hmm. know, if you can't afford to do changes and it, it's an indication of what's going on, you know, back of the house. Yeah. What do you think are some, I guess, common mistakes that restaurants make when it comes to those interior design decisions or just lack thereof, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Common mistakes. Oh, God, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many different scenarios. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of times it's just lack of effort. Like really, to me, it doesn't have to be the most beautiful place. It's just a lack of effort. It's lack of cleanliness. It's cramming everything together. Like you just can tell when you walk in somewhere that they don't care. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Just put a little effort into it. (laughs) Do you find that they like care more or appreciate those design elements after you guys have come in and done your thing? Oh, big time. When they come back to their new restaurant, they have Mm. pride. It's like the sense of pride takes over. And that's why I think the design part is such a big element to Restaurant Impossible. So much of it is Robert helping them and teaching them and fixing their menu, fixing their financial situations, fixing their relationships. But when we fix their restaurant, that's suddenly when they realize they're starting over, Mm -hmm. like it's a fresh start. So I think that's the part that is the most, I I don't want to say the most emotional, but it's one of those greatest moments on the show when they walk in. What is your reaction when you, we know when somebody does have that, that really emotional, like, I guess, reaction to what you've done? I mean, how does that make you feel? To be very honest, I I would love to sit here and tell you I cry every time, but I don't because it's very surreal for me. Mm -hmm. It happens so fast. Everything is just go, go, go. That by the time the owners walk into the restaurant, we all have goosebumps and it's always a beautiful moment, but it's very surreal. And then Tom and I will walk through after the restaurant opens back up to the public. And he is so like his nose is to every project that he does. So he'll walk around. He's like, wow. He's like, this place looks great. <laughs> he, like, never had a chance to look at it. So I think we kind of have our own reveal after it's revealed. Yeah. Do you have a favorite transformation that you can remember and kind of talk us through and why it Ooh. it was so special for you? Yeah, there have been, I mean, like I said, we've done hundreds so many. and hundreds yeah. of them, but one stands out in my mind. And I think it was because it was something I learned about myself through the process and Robert helping me get there. We had done an episode with the kitchen cousins. It was called Mama Lee's. I think it was in Texas. And it was this massive space. Like it almost looked like a gigantic warehouse. And we were, it was such a big project, such a big design. We were running really late and there were people lined up down the street around the corner, kids, you know, whatever. We wanted to open at five o'clock, five came and went, six came and went, seven came and went, eight came and went. And I remember I walked up to Robert and I was in tears. I was just crying. Also exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, And I was just because we don't go to sleep at all. And I just was in tears. And I'm like, I feel so bad. I don't know what to do. Like everybody's waiting out here. And I just felt so personally responsible. And it was the first time I I felt like Robert looked at me and he said, listen, 
I know you feel bad. He goes, but you have to remember we're changing these people's lives. And if they have to wait a few more hours, then so be it, you know? And then he was like, now hurry up and get to work. work, Stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) What time did you guys finally open the doors? It was like 10 o'clock at night. Really? It was late. But what was, I mean, people were still there. They're still ready to to come in and celebrate this transformation. Hungrier. They were tired. (laughs) I'm sure. But, but like the reaction, you know, the actual mama who the restaurant was named after mama Lee, she nearly fell to her knees. She's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God. I mean, it was just, a, it was such a beautiful moment for everybody, but I'll never forget that because it made me realize step outside of the craziness and realize the big picture of what's going on. I think that's great advice for sure for anybody, not just uh, those right. trying to turn around a restaurant renovation yeah. <laughs> in overnight. What is the most rewarding part about working on this show? I think the most rewarding part is knowing that a lot of these owners of the restaurants would be shutting down and shutting down their business means losing their house, not being able to feed their kids, not being able to put a kid through college or whatever, whatever it is that's going to affect them by losing that restaurant, that we had a small hand in helping them better themselves, better their situation and and kind of get through the thick of it. So I think that's the most rewarding part. But I also, I just love I love what I do so much that the rewarding factor also for me is this instant gratification because that's <laughs> not real life. I don't get to design a restaurant and see it completed, you know, in t- in less than two days. So that's super rewarding. No, it sounds like it would be. Is there is there like a a, a favorite? You know, I know you have a favorite story that you shared. Do you have a favorite design that you like created for one of these restaurants that you are really proud of that you kind of still go back to for inspiration? Well, because it's been 13 years and trends have come. Sure, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's been so many where I'm like, whoa, that was really cool. Like we just did one in Cayenta, Arizona. And the design was just, to me, it was so social media worthy. Like Mm -hmm. it had all these great little pops. It had a lot of texture. And I felt I felt very connected to it. I I did this whole spray painted mural on the wall. So all of it just felt really fun and fresh. So that one was called Amigo Cafe. That was that was one of my more recent favorites. All right. That sounds fun. And and you mentioned something that also sparked another question, social media, Mm -hmm. um, because I I think that that has, you know, as you've talked about, like trends changing, that is a trend that I think is a driving force behind some some restaurant designs, you know, wanting to make sure it's aesthetically pleasing and people will want to come in and, you know, photograph or video or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you take that kind of stuff into consideration as well? Always. It's actually become a big point of conversation, not just with Robert, but also with my clients. They always want that Instagrammable moment. So Mm -hmm. it's like become a part of the design process. I like to sit with the chef if they have a chef already on board, the restaurant owner, I like to sit with them to understand the food and the menu. I want to know what image they're trying to portray. If they have a publicist or a branding person, we like to sit with them so that we can make sure everything's cohesive. And and how how do you balance like not trying to cater to that social media crowd too much? You know, having that mm-hmm. nice balance between like you said what the chef envisions and what the space is trying to evoke, but also having Yes. An Instagrammable moment as well. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, it just has to be authentically theirs. It has to speak to, this is the interesting thing about restaurant design versus designing for a residential client 
When I design for a residential client, my whole focus is on that one person or family. Mm -hmm. Everything I'm doing is about how they live their life when they wake up in the morning until the time they go to bed. That's how I'm like configuring their home. When I'm designing a restaurant, it's about the owner, of course, Mm -hmm. and the food, but it's also capturing the masses. Like I'm trying to make sure that every guest feels connected somehow to this restaurant. So it's a little twist. It's a lot like actually designing on HGTV when I'm designing a home. Mm -hmm. I want it to appeal to that homeowner, but I also want the viewers to feel connected (laughs) to it. So so there's a lot of similarity there, but it's a different mind shift, you know? Let's talk a little bit about some home kitchen design because I'm sure a lot of people, you know, listening are more in that camp. What are some functional design elements that you love to incorporate into home kitchens? Yes. So right now, this is very popular. I have it myself. It's a workstation sink. So it's a sink that has this like a slider on top where you can actually put a grid so you can put your dishes on it. It'll drain into the Mm -hmm. sink. You can put a cutting board in there. You can chop and drop the stuff right into your garbage disposal. Yeah. like I think there's a company called Galley. They sell them, but you could get them like six feet long. Some people use them as like oyster bar stations because they have certain compartments. Some people use it as ice bins where they can put their bottles I love it. Like if you have a small kitchen or a gigantic kitchen, it's just so functional Mm -hmm. that I don't even know how we've ever (laughs) done without them. You know, so that's one of my favorite things functionally. I'm a sucker for open kitchens. I think there's a trend moving back now. Like now people are doing double kitchens. Have you heard of this? No, what's a double kitchen? Me and my my New York apartment. I have not heard of the double kitchen. Right, right. (laughs) As I'm sure most New York apartments have not heard of this double kitchen, but this double kitchen is becoming quite the rage where people are having a smaller kitchen tucked away from the front kitchen. So it's almost like a prep kitchen, if you will, where the dirty dishes go or, you know, the microwaves back there. Maybe that's where your coffee station is. So it's it's a little bit more of like a glorified butler's pantry. Okay. (laughs) Another refrigerator, (laughs) like all that. And the idea, I guess, is just to kind of keep, you know, the the front facing kitchen when you're having guests like nice and tidy and perfect for entertaining and not needing to right. to clean up all of the dishes right away, I guess. Yeah, because, you know, everybody's hanging out at the kitchen. It always, always. happens, <laughs> always. And then the minute you start doing dishes, your guests start to leave, which can be a good thing or bad. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> right. maybe uh, uh, intentionally starting exactly. to do the dishes right. or they or they jump in and help, which is, you know, Depending Rare, who are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my my husband, I I always know when he's like done and he's ready for guests to leave. He starts clinking and clanking the dishes, <laughs> putting them in the dishwasher. I'm like, oh my god, this is brutal. That's that's everybody's cue to, yeah. to start making their way out. <laughs> when we come back, Tanya rates her own cooking skills and gives us a scoop on the new season of Battle on the Beach on HGTV. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. What do you like better? Do you like doing, you know, restaurant design better or home kitchens and home design? I'll have to say restaurant design and I'll tell you why. Because I feel like when I get hired to do a restaurant, I'm being hired because I'm an expert at designing restaurants. So people let me do my thing. They Mm -hmm. have their input. But for the most part, they trust me. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter who and I get it. This is no fault of the homeowner. doesn't matter who you are, how much you want that designer to come in. It's your house, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have an opinion no matter what. So it's a little harder. And I think that I'm so wired to just go and just do it. That I'll take restaurants any day. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, you you are doing it professionally on television as well. So that makes <laughs> makes sense. How do you rate your own cooking skills in the kitchen? Or does your husband do all, all the cooking at home? No, it's like the biggest misconception. Miscon- he went to culinary school, but he went for hotel restaurant okay. management, not culinary. <laughs> so, so he doesn't actually cook, but I love to cook. I would rate myself a solid seven. Okay. I like That's- love to cook, but I'm not outstanding at it and I'm not terrible at it. I'll say like a yeah, I think a seven's good. Six and a half, seven. I think that's Ooh. respectable. I bet you're also underestimating your skills, probably. It's probably closer to like an eight, if, uh, if we asked your husband. Certain meals, every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> what, what's like? What's your go-to, like, impress company meal? Yeah, I make a badass chicken milanese oh. with like this arugula salad with some tomato bruschetta and like grilled the lemons, tons of... Tons of lemon and shaved Parmesan. Yum. It's my it's my go to. That sounds delicious. Where do you get your cooking skills from? Like who was who was cooking in the house growing up? I know your parents, you know, immigrated here when you were just a baby, but I'm sure, you know, lots of memories of their foods and and smells, you know, filling your house. Oh, my my mom cooks Indian food still to this day, every single day. So every that day. is every day. She is the best cook. But the one thing she never taught us 
is how to cook Indian food. So, <laughs> oh, really? Yes. She was always very particular about how she cooked it. My dad was always really particular about how he liked it. So she was like very cautious of like how we prepared the food. And so we never really learned. But now now we keep bugging her. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing that your mom cooks? Literally everything. But <laughs> my uh, my most requested items. <laughs> that you request. <laughs> yes. Her chicken curry. Okay. Do you know what mutter paneer is? I don't believe I do. Okay, so mutter is peas, okay, and paneer is cheese, and she makes it's almost oh, like a yeah. it's like a strained cheese, kind okay. of like a dense ricotta. Mm-hmm. But she'll make it like with the cheesecloth and the milk, and then she strains it, and then she pats it down oh, and cuts wow. the cubes. Like everything's so good. I mean, oh, wow. can't go wrong. <laughs> How often do you get back to India with your family? I went like five years ago. We used to go every five years growing up, and then there was a bit of a gap. It's just. It's so hard. It's yeah, such a long trip. Far. Yeah. I have to get my husband there, though. He hasn't gone. I don't know why. I can't seem to. My husband is Boston Irish, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep telling him, like, you're going to love it. He's like, I don't know. You always tell me these stories. When I was little growing up, I had horror stories. What were know? the horror stories? I mean, when I was little, everything is so changed now. But like, my grandparents had a house that had an outhouse. I used to have to squat over one of those like holes in the ground to use the bathroom. <laughs> I used to have to boil hot water out of a well and like wash my hair. Like I love that I had those experience. I didn't love it then at all. As a grown up <laughs> now, I look back and I'm like grateful that I had those experiences. But he's like, why do you think I'd want to go there when you tell me these stories? I'm like, it's not like that. I promise. <laughs> you got to tell him all the other stories about the, yeah. the food and the culture and all, right. all of those wonderful things as well. well. I hope you are able to get there with your husband and your family someday. But in the meantime, I know you have some other fun things going on over at HGTV season three of Battle on the Beach. Could you share a little bit of what we can expect to see the this summer on the show. Yes. I can't even tell you how excited Allison, Victoria, Ty Pennington, and myself. We're like jumping up and down like kids going. We call it adult spring break. It is <laughs> the most fun show to work on. We're on the beaches in Gulf Shore, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And we have three identical beach houses where we each are mentors. It's kind of like the voice, if you mm-hmm. will, where we mentor the flippers. Right. So you never know what you're going to get for a team. And we can tell them all day long what's right and what's wrong. They can listen to us or not. But it's like, it's just so fun. And again, talk about instant gratification. We're completely redoing an entire house inside and out, knocking down walls, doing kitchens, doing bathrooms. I mean, you name it. Every single thing is being touched in six weeks. Oh, so wow. it's, it's a lot. Yeah. These guys work their butts off. (laughs) And I know your team won the first season. Does it actually get competitive between you guys? So competitive. (laughs) I mean, freaking Allison is like the kitchen queen. She's famous for kitchens. So Ty and I are hell bent on winning a kitchen competition against her. <laughs> like if he wins, I will be just as happy if he wins a kitchen competition as if it were myself. I think <laughs> she's going to take agreed. her down. <laughs> yeah, we both agreed. If one of us wins, we're going to like take off all our clothes and run into the ocean. <laughs> like, we need to make sure the cameras are rolling when that happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what elements do you think are important for, you know, a beach house kitchen versus, you know, more of a residential you know, spot. Right. Well, for a beach house kitchen that may be being rented out, mm-hmm. you obviously want to make sure your finishes are durable, very functional, 
great for families, lots of seating, open. Interestingly, a big thing that the judges are always looking for is a pot filler. And I remember the first time, oh. <laughs> yeah, the first time I was like, what do you need a pot filler? Like who's eating pasta at the beach? But then I forgot there's shrimp and shellfish and Seafood, lobster. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. So that's a big one. It's so funny that you mentioned that. My sister lives in Seattle and she, you know, they did a big, huge remodel about a year and a half ago or something. And I, yeah, and I think they actually made the kitchen just so I, I can come cook in it for them. But I got oh, so, so you're exci- a good cook. Yeah, I got so excited with the pot. Fill- I was like, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. I'm like, that was my most exciting moment is like getting you, to just. Did- <laughs> did you it use it? I did. did I, I think I just yeah. I, I think I used it just because like I it was, I was like, I need I need to like find a reason to use this <laughs> because it is so it is so convenient for sure. <laughs> another another item that you probably won't see in very many New York apartments. Probably right? not. Probably unless it's brand new or <laughs> right. a condo or Pretty something much. like that. <laughs> a lot of them have the stove right where the sink is. Yeah. So it is basically a built-in well, top filler. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. For sure. Someday, someday I, I I'll watch uh Battle on the beach and dream of of having a beach house with the, with the <laughs> right. Someday. Well, this has been so much fun. We are going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round, and then we have one final question that we ask everybody here on Food okay. Network Obsessed. So, rapid fire questions: booths or tables? I like a booth. Me too. Does painting a room red really make you hungry? No, it really makes me angry. <laughs> I don't like red. <laughs> Favor countertop material. I'm a fan of Cambria. Okay. What is Cambria? Cambria is like a synthetic stone, but it looks so it looks good. Really it's nice. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's also more durable because okay. a lot of natural stones are porous. And and more affordable, I'm sure, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any kitchen design rules that you absolutely live by? Mm, just functionality for me because I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Kitchen trends you're seeing for 2023. Darker colors. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. What Food Network show other than Restaurant Impossible do you love? Chopped. <laughs> that was so fast. <laughs> I just had it on all day long. I love, love, love watching Chopped. It's a good one to have on in the background for sure. Favorite Food Network chef that you would love to cook with? I would love to cook with Manit Chauhan. Oh, I love her so much. I love her too. I interviewed her on my podcast and I I actually met her at a Boston event. I just adore her. Like she is amazing. She is a ray of sunshine. We had her Mm -hmm. on the podcast as well. I love her so much. And favorite Boston food spot? Well... Can I say? Can I sure. say one of my own? Yes, I think you you should say one of your own, and then maybe one that's not in the family. Okay, okay, fair. There, I will say one of ours is Yellow Door Taqueria. Okay, and then one that's not in the family. I love Karen Akonowitz Fox and the Knife. Mm, we uh, and I we, love her. Yes, we love her as well. See, I have good taste. <laughs> you have very good taste. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. This is not rapid fire. So you can take as long as you want on this. Um, and the question is, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to want you to take okay. us through the whole day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. You can travel, time travel, spend as much money as you want, whatever you want. It's Mm -hmm. your day. Mm. Okay. Okay. 
for breakfast, I would have something that my mother makes. It's called sabudana kichari. Mm-hmm. So any Indian person listening <laughs> will know what this is. They're basically like tapioca balls okay. mixed with a little bit of spice, like a little bit of turmeric salt and some potatoes. And mm. it's so simple, but it is delicious. And I can't stop eating it. So that would be breakfast. Okay. For lunch, this is not exciting, but I'm just going to go there anyways, because I, I like, I love fresh greens. Mm-hmm. I love salad. So I would love like a good salad, a okay. really delicious. Fresh. What makes a good salad in your opinion? The dressing has to be light where I can still taste the vegetables. I like a little crunch. I do like some seeds in there, like sunflower seeds mm-hmm. or pumpkin seeds or something. Um, dinner's tough because I just am a food lover of all things. Well, you but... can throw multiple things in. It doesn't have to be just like okay. one meal. So, some people have like traveled in between dinner courses. So it's whatever you... Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Okay. I love sushi. So I'll, I'll take sushi any day. Also love like a great eggplant parm. Mm. <laughs> so maybe we'll do a sushi appetizer. Yeah, there you go. Farm. What else? I mean, I'm like, oh, anything, anything Mediterranean mm. fish, like a whole branzino stuffed with lemon and herbs, Yum. something clean and light. I can go on and, and literally again, my mom's chicken curry. So. <laughs> Throw that one in too, for sure. Yes. And then dessert. Are you a dessert person? I am. I see these d- answers got harder for me because just recently I stopped eating gluten. So now oh, I'm like no. trying to think of all the things that I would eat without gluten. Without gluten like free. the repercussions of the, of the gluten. Yes. <laughs> but I do, I, I love a good flourless chocolate cake. Oh, yum. That's done well. Yeah, that's pretty much. Okay. Well, I think that sounds like a lovely food day. Well, thank you. (laughs) You did great. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been so lovely just chatting with you and and hearing all about all of your different, you know, Discovery Family programming. And we look forward to watching them all in the coming months. Oh, you are great. Thank you so much. This was so fun. You can catch new episodes of Restaurant Impossible Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Food Network. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies after a short break. We are back with new episodes April 7th. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.